pretty amazing just the first time meeting all of the Vivi fam and of course Ben and David and I think October already was a time where the market didn't look that good and everybody was down and so that was a really nice experience to see so many positive people and yeah for me it was like if I, I watched David a little bit and he was walking around and talking to artists and was really interested and so in my opinion or that the conclusion I came to is that it's incredible that people even think he could like rock the project or something like that so yeah it was a really nice experience and suddenly uh, we were on the New York rooftop and partying and I think David bought like 200 tequila shots so yeah had a good time <laughs> I have never heard of that how was that? How was the? Uh, how was being on a rooftop with David and uh, taking tequila shot with the BBPM? It was really nice. I think Mr. MC1 hosted it. He organized it and brought everyone together. And then I think Dan and David were having the dinner with Ron English. And so they joined a little later. But yeah, I think that day was Alex's wedding. So. Oh. So he wasn't there, but David ordered all the shots so we could salute him on video. So he was like, yeah, FaceTiming with him and we had a good time. It was amazing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the V Vantage podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Simon is a top 30 whales on VV. He's extremely passionate about the app. Although he lives in Europe, Simon has been to pretty much all the major VV offline events in the United States. He has a ton of interesting stories about meeting Dan, David, and Alfred, hanging out with the VV community on a rooftop in New York, and a lot of experience collecting over the past two years in VV and his prior background in Magic the Gathering. It is very, very cool. He also shared many mistakes that he made so we can all avoid lessons he learned that we can all benefit from. And most of all, personally for me, it's his love for Vivi. This guy is super dedicated to the app. He's very smart, very sharp, and he has some incredible ideas that will benefit the company and every one of us. One thing to keep in mind that is we recorded this interview on the same day as the April community update. So it's been about two weeks now. Right after the interview, Mr. V and I took uh, time off to be with our family, to go on vacation, you know, to, just to take care of things in life as we all should do. But now we're finally back and there's no better way to be back with a fantastic interview. And this is that interview. I've listened to this interview multiple times as I was editing it. And every single time I learned something new and I guarantee you will too. Let's get to it. Simon, welcome to the VV Vantage podcast. We are super excited to, to have you on today and I'm very happy to connect with you and shout out to Ben. Ben's another huge supporter of the podcast and, and he connected us. So thank you, Ben, as well. Thanks. So let's get started off. Today we just had, well, we are recording this today on a Thursday, which was when the, the April community update just came out. Have you had the chance to watch it? I watched it, yes, just two hours ago. Right. And what are your impressions of it? Was there anything that make you happy or not happy? What was your reaction? I was really happy because <clears throat> a lot of really nice things there, in my opinion. For me, the biggest part is the crafting because it, might, it solves really a lot of issues that could come up without it. For example, the biggest topic for me is, and that's one thing, David, you mentioned like half a year ago, that you can, for example, burn X amount of comics to get another variant cover, for example. 
and that's a really good solution to the older drops with like 50k edition for example yeah. the first ones because i felt that was kind of an issue where Vivi couldn't do it right at the moment because if they would drop comics now with 50,000 editions or even 30,000 it wouldn't sell out and yeah wouldn't be nice but also um with the low edition sizes now with 5,000 for example yeah it, you could say it devalues the older comics and if you have the possibility to uh, to burn those for example to get another variant cover or to yeah or also to raffle for a really no mint that's not public i think that's a really nice opportunity yeah yeah so so that's why crafting and burning is really huge for me and also overall i really like that what they said about structure and investing in building building the team yeah so i really liked it yeah i thought it was cool that um, they expanded the team when other tech companies were laying people off because if they can you know hire more people and improve their infrastructure during this time when interest rate is high and the economic prospect is not so good then i'm i'm pretty happy about that this is my reaction on the community update so it was cool to see the team grow do you have mcp i have it yes but my points are a little off i think but that's fine <laughs> okay so you have mcp miss v do you have mcp yeah i do Okay, so I am the only one here who doesn't have MCP yet. From the community update, it sounds like they got 90,000 people listed for, for MCP. I wish that they, you know, pick users who are more active on the app because my girlfriend who hasn't used VV for months <laughs> yeah. just got MCP and I haven't got it yet. That was cool to see the team grow. It was not cool to see MCP being, you know, kind of randomly, but it's just my opinion. I hope that they talked a little bit more about Omi because they, they barely mentioned Omi, right? Maybe it was a, a Mitch thing and not Dan and David, but it was nice to see the amount of accessories in the Vverse because accessories will have to be purchased with Omi, right? And then those Omis will be burned. So that was, I, I was happy to see that. Hey guys, just a quick message. Every week I miss TV work over 20 hours to bring you the most non-BS VV content. English is my second language and there were nights we recorded until 1 a.m. My brain stopped processing and I naturally spoke Vietnamese to him and it got pretty weird. But that's just how dedicated we are to this podcast. In return, we ask you to enter a gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. for you, but we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and tweet at us to tell us what you think because those comments will ultimately help us to refine the content just for you. That's it. That's all you need to do. Let's get back to it. So you mentioned that you were pretty excited for the comics and like the ability to burn them for different rarities or maybe different different options, right? <clears throat> I've spoken with a number of different people from Europe and maybe it's just the, the people that I was talking to before, but they were saying that they were not very big on comics growing up. Were you, were you big on comics growing up? Not at all. Like in Germany or in general in Europe, it's really tough to get your hands on all the United States stuff. And for example, for me, it's nearly impossible to to get a book graded because you have all the hustle buying it. First of all, it has to get there. Then I need to ship it all the way back to the States because in Germany or in general in Europe, there's no big company that's widely accepted in the collecting space regarding comic grading or sports card 
trading or whatever, and then it's always a big risk to ship it back to the U.S., then pay taxes, pay toll, and sometimes they they crack the stuff open. So the only way to do it would would buy graded stuff directly. But also, no, I I wasn't that much into comics at all. Just or let's say not Marvel stuff. We read like Lucky Luke's and Mickey Mouse, of course. That's I love it. Lucky Luke. <laughs> do, do, Mr. V, do you do you know about Lucky Luke? I don't think so. Okay, that's weird though because I was born and raised in Vietnam, and Lucky Luke. I'm I'm so happy that that Simon you you pointed out because when I was growing up, I thought Luck Lucky Luke, which is this Texas cowboy guy was the american superhero in a sense and then i came to the us 10 years ago and i was like man i love lucky luke and nobody knew about lucky luke <laughs> it was it was the weirdest thing ever so so that's that's pretty interesting so did you when you, so when you saw the comics on vivi did you jump at the opportunity because you know well actually first off how did you get introduced to the characters and like how what what made you interested enough in the the comics to begin with i think it was just through vivi and everybody was talking about it and that it was such a big deal comics on the blockchain and stuff like that and of course through the mcu you get in touch with all the of course we know spider-man and stuff like that so so the main characters were were pretty familiar already but i had no clue about the storylines or anything like that i still don't really have so I just take those informations when when the comic drops. But yeah, I have no clue really what's what's going on in the background with all the 1960, 1970 books. But luckily in our German telecom group, we have a few comic experts that actually do collect comics for a while, also in Germany, and they provide a lot of insight. So it works. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So since you did manage to acquire different comics, did you take the time to, to read any? And and I'll be honest, I've only read one so far. <laughs> and I have, I think I have seven comics today, which is kind of <laughs> embarrassing on BB. And I'm working on it uh, thanks to Sleeping Comics. But yeah, I, I really haven't taken much of the time. I, I did look into... I did some research on the different characters, like what their original stories are and how the characters develop outside of the, the MCU, like the films. Um, but have you, have you felt like your interest has grown with the comics or are they are you just kind of leaving them off to the side for, for whatever reason? I read like three or so when I got bored. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of don't really like digital reading at all. So... So I'd rather have a paper book when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm um I like actually holding on to books. All of my comics are in mint condition because I never touched them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go, huh? You have uh, I know that you have over three thousand eight hundred comics, right? Yes. Did you buy them did you buy most of them recently or you bought them over time? And did you buy them for the MCP points or for actually like investing in those comics? I think it's a mixture of all of those. I've added most of them like in the last year or so. And but yeah, I don't really have that many expensive comics. Of course, got all the big ones, but I'm not stacking those. So I rather went for cheap ones to stack the for master collector points. But 
not the cheapest one, so not the uncommons, because I stick with the original covers mostly. And then I have certain stacks of some comics, which I think will do really well. Yeah, that's my strategy. Do you, do you think that the group, the the German comic collector group that you're in has helped influence you or push you in the right direction as those drops were coming out or as a way to reflect on what's already available in the market? Yeah, I think it's mostly pretty pretty good to to get the first look if the drops worth going for it. But of course there are also like big American channels like My Collectibles comics and crypto and sleeping comics of course i used to watch all those videos as well but when it comes to stacking i mostly try to to make up my own mind and it hasn't always gone well but, but that's <laughs> fine that's part of part of the game i would say uh, what is your most valuable comic book in your collection i i manage two different accounts uh, one is for my wider family and there I have the Marvel number one secret rare. Oh, nice! I hit I hit that on my account actually on drop because I I bought the like, secret rare. Yes, I bought like sixty comics or so on the first one. Wow! So, but I sold that one early, and yeah, so I think the most valuable one is the Amazing Fantasy fifteen common on my main account. Right. So not Did much you... there. Did you have like a like a special mint for the AF fifteen, or just like random mints, but a lot of them? A random mint. I mm. I I don't really go for special mints. I tried sniping for a while, but it gets really frustrating really quickly, especially recently. So yeah, the the best one I had was I think the the launch date from Vision first appearance, but I traded that. That was back when transfers were were still available and I traded that one for a ultimate fallout secret rare. So. Mm, yeah. Wow. So as said, well, when David and Dan mentioned the crafting and burning collectibles today, I thought of you because you have almost 4,000 comics. Are you willing to burn some of those? And what kind of catalyst or what kind of returns or reward would incentivize you to burn some of your comic books and how how many of them are you willing to burn in total i think that would depend on what you get for it of course i yeah i have several stacks with a lot of like 300 400 of one copy and i think especially for the ones that dropped back a while ago i think a lot of them maybe are gone for good because um, accounts won't get merged or it's sitting on some bot accounts or whatever and it, of course, depends on how many copies you need to to get something. For example, if you would have to get 50 copies, then it would be really scarce because simply the supply isn't there. And just look at the market now and you won't hardly see any comics where you can buy 50 comments for a cheap price, for example. That's why I stacked some of those. But yeah, of course, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice them if, if I think it's worth it. Yeah. Right. And so you are you are the top one of the top 30 whales on Vivi. How did you start with Vivi and what was your original Vivi story? Can you walk it through your journey? Yes, it's a pretty funny story. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I, I think in America, Craigslist is really big, right? In Germany, we have some kind of a similar platform and I was selling trading cards there and got in touch with the guy and started talking to him and it was really nice 
And then we kind of ended the conversation with, he told me if I like collecting, I should check out the Vivi app. And I think that was right before the DeLorean drop. Oh, and okay. Back then. And <clears throat> yeah, I checked it out and loved it and spent like, I think, 3000 on DeLorean, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, it was a fun thing from the beginning on. And actually, we're pretty good friends now. So, so my VV journey started with a good friendship, which is always nice, of course. And then from the beginning on, I think I started or I tried to complete all the sets or went after sets mostly. Yeah, so that's that's how it's going at the moment. I was hoping for Master Collector program a lot earlier, of course. If not, I might have taken a different approach. For example, uh, not get all the sets, but rather stack certain items. But but I'm totally fine with it, so no regret. So you said that you contacted your now friend uh, because you were dealing with trading cards. So it sounds like you were that you've been collecting in real life. Could you explain a little bit more about your background with that? Yes, I didn't collect much, but I was really into playing Magic the Gathering from my house on, and we we traveled to the States and all around the world to play tournaments. But then, like, with 15 years ago, so I, I stopped that, and through the pandemic, I started digging into that a little bit more. And, yeah, then I was buying collections from people who finally found time to clear their houses and whatever and yeah that's what got me back into it so that's interesting so did you find mm -hmm. any similarities between your experience with magic the gathering in terms of finding the right cards to play in your sets to to today with vb like you know finding the right finding the right pieces finding the right collectibles that that suited you best and there are some similarities but i would mostly say it's the excitement for example from buying a blind box or so same like cracking a pack or looking through a bunch of cards you just bought and yeah the big difference for me is that that i i have a little one now and i find the digital collecting much more appealing because i can do it from wherever and nothing gets broken and yeah the thing now i really got to like about the digital collecting so i'm very curious about your competitions in magic the, the gathering so you guys just team up and then sign up for a league in in the u.s and you guys all flew here and competed it's, it was mostly single player tournament okay and yeah like a lot of people i don't know like two or three thousand or so and then you play the first day, and if you end up well, you, you, you're you into the second day. Yeah, but I did it together with my bigger brother, only at two. Mm. So Actually, I think, the, the go first, on, go on. I think the first Magic the Gathering world champion, he's also active on Twitter, and he's also collecting Vivi, I think. Yeah, Loco. I was, I was just about to ask you if you've spoken with him yet. No, I haven't. Like, I think he's a lot older than me or a little bit older at least and i started playing around 2003 or so so i missed all the early stuff yeah i'll make sure that if you if you don't have his contact info i'll connect to you guys sounds like you have a lot of fun yeah yeah it sounds like you guys would have a great time talking and just you know finding some uh, sure yeah. who's that Loco. his nickname is loco but he's a world champion of magic the gathering and oh my god 
and he's he, I, I i've spoken to him on spaces and on on twitter as well like we've dm'd you know just a few times and he's he's trying to get me into snap marvel snap i have yet to try it out because i don't have the time yet but i told him that hey if if a guy that who's that successful you know like with you know game with <clears throat> magic the gathering <clears throat> you know in terms of like strategy and and gamification of and just like different approaches i think it's absolutely worth it because i i do my best to speak with people who are you know more experienced than me wiser than me in different areas that i'm not very well informed in because i mean i only have so many hours in the day and i like to maximize my time you know and you know guys like you simon like i i I admire a lot because it's it seems like you have been able to you know pin pin vv down you you have you're very you're very sure of yourself and you know that kind of conviction is very difficult to come by in in any area and it, it it's really piqued my interest to be able to speak with you today and will and i were very interested and we're very grateful to for you to be here to you know to share all of this background information about yourself and what you're experiencing now you know yeah so so after your friend introduced you to vivi were you like oh i'm gonna you know, invest a lot of money into this app or was it more of like a more gradual, slow onboarding process for you where you invested a little bit and then gradually you invested more? How how was that process for you? At that time, I decided to sell most of my Magic the Gathering cards and all that money went, went into Vivi. So I think I was pretty heavy from the beginning on. And then later on, I sold my student apartment and that money also went into Vivi. So yeah, I was kind of committing really early. But why why did you commit so much capital and resources to Vivi? What 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 was some reasons for it? It was a lot of fun of course. And I don't know, the whole community was really friendly back then and really supportive and just made good experiences. Back then the market was closed. So only like I don't know a couple of hundred users could access the market and there were crazy OTC deals happening all the time for just, I don't know, send $500 to a guy on Facebook and he gets the big barda from the market and sends it to you. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. I also saw like Nightwing on eBay and stuff too. Like, so people were selling Vivi stuff on eBay. It was, it was wild because I, I joined pretty early in February. 2021 yeah so like the i i saw like the market closed for months and then there was a drop every two weeks so it sounds like you you invested a lot very early in order to get to where you are today at over 5,000 nfts did you do a lot of flipping on the app or did you get the capital elsewhere and put more of them into vv unfortunately i'm a really terrible flipper most of the big moves i made went really wrong so I don't know I the first big one was I finally got my hands on Risto and then I sold it and bought two luckies because I thought the first secret rare would be a really huge deal. <laughs> <laughs> it was back then, but yeah, I think I still love Lucky, but yeah. And with me and Risto it's some kind of love hate relationship. I think I sold him two times and then I FOMO'd really badly February last year. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was wild. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think I bought him for 20k, but I'm holding that one. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 all have those transactions. I paid a thousand gems for a random mint Wonder Woman, and uh, yeah, I'm holding on to her because that's a good reminder for me to not make that make that mistake again. But that yeah, but that was then, that was a crazy time. But then again, it wasn't that bad because most people forget the gems were a lot of cheaper back then. I think the cheapest ones I bought at 40 cent, the gem. And also I I didn't always put fresh money in, but sold some stuff. So the way to the Rizzo was like flipping one night and just not flipping, but selling. But I always went for as many drops as possible. So I got all the like 50 Marvel Mighties, which back then sold for... 200 gems as well so it wasn't that bad but it looks i i like to look at it actually reminds me to keep it (laughs) (laughs) and but yeah it's been a while i always put put in what i can afford every month but i stopped buying gems i think like five or six months ago and focus on omi more because i think my account isn't balanced that well somehow the I would say most people might know that at this moment, Omi is a pretty good entry, but still tend to buy the collectibles somehow, even though it's not. I love it when a guest mentions Omi because like (laughs) 90% of the time people, people hate Omi, but I'm so glad Simon that you, you actually brought up the topic of Omi. I like Omi. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, there you go. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think it, it it might be the smarter decision at the moment, but who knows? But yeah, I, I, at the moment, I'm trying to balance it a little bit. And I also sold some of the sets I consider overvalued. I don't have any particular in mind, but stuff from season one, season two, which a lot of people bought really high. Um, but if you compare it to the mint sizes at the moment, for example, I just don't see it. See it that the price fits and then I decide to sell those and stay a little bit liquid. So you said you're, you're selling things that you think are overpriced. Do you feel any, do you, do you feel strongly about any collection, any sets, any IPs on that are available on Vivi, you know, because, you know, we, we all have, we all have our favorites, you know, but most, if not all have a price in mind that they're willing to sell. Or if something new comes out, we sell some older older items in our collections to move the gems over into those newer items. Do you feel like you have any particular favorites of sets or maybe IPs? I wouldn't say IPs. I think yeah, I have three favorite sets, but those might not come as a surprise, maybe. If, if I had to choose three, I wouldn't sell for now. It would be the first Batman set the golden moments and the miles morales one so the 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 first batman set the miles yes. morales set and what was the second one uh, the golden moment the original oh. one yeah so, do you have the full set of the yes. golden moment nice yes of course I do. it was crazy i always love to think back to because there was so many crazy things going on back then i think the gold the first gold moments dropped i don't know took like three hours or so and I snagged like, I don't know, 15 maybe. And it's crazy if you compare it to now. Yeah. Like, I remember. What, what do you mean 15? Did you like on the, on the secondary market or did you have like multiple devices to, to buy it from the store? 
yeah, I was sitting there with my wife and we had like, I started buying extra phones really quickly. Wow. Like, Smart move. I, think, I think May 21 or so, man, I had like eight or nine, nine mobile phones. And yeah, we were just really busy typing and trying it, hitting the rebounds or whatever, pushing through fun time. Yeah. And that's impressive. I can barely use one phone. <laughs> you said you have 15 phones? Oh, what, what, what was that 15? That No, that I, hit, I hit 15 Homer Simpsons or skateboards on the first one. And then it got tougher over the day, of course. But a lot of people, I think, stopped after 10, 15 minutes on the first one. And because the servers were, were so busy, you just had to stick to it. Hmm. But yeah, that, that's also the reason why I hit like 70 Marvel number ones on the drop. Because we were, where you hit fifty homers, like you 50. got 50, 15 One of them. Yes, on drop. On a drop. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy! Wow, from think... from nine phones or something, you got fifteen of them. Yeah, that's that basically paid. They paid for the drop. Oh yeah, help paid for all of those phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The latest rebound I got on another drop was, I think, like minute 42 or so, 44. That was the Aston Martin. The... Wow, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we were sitting there and wondering why none of those got delivered yet, that something had to be off, and then just tried every re rebound. And after, yeah, like almost an hour, me and also some other guys suddenly got a rebound. That was nice. I know I flipped that one for eight thousand gems. Oh, so did you get the secret rare? Not the not the one of seven, but the one of five hundred. Yeah. Impressive! Wow, that's super impressive. That's very cool. Congrats on that. Just remember, every time the server is busy or anything takes longer, just stick to it. <laughs> Worked for me at at least. Yeah. Yeah, I I gave up rebounds after like half an hour or so, and I I never got a single rebound. Not one. Not one rebound. <laughs> Since starting September uh, 2021. Yeah, I think September 2021 is when I started. I never got one single rebound. Yeah, I hit, <laughs> I, I hit some decent rebounds. I hit Vader Ultra Rare and Steamboat Willie Ultra Rare all on rebound. Wow. That's amazing. That time, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> How long did it take you to hit the Steamboat Willie Ultra Rare? Yeah, that was the first rebound, I think. I haven't tried after the second one, so... Did you, do you remember the, like, was it like a fourth minute rebound, eight, 12, 16? Because I also hit re rebound on ultra rare Simot Willie on the 16th minute. Oh, that's nice. I haven't tried that long. It was four minutes, I think. Okay. That's awesome. You, I saw on your Twitter that you met Dan, David, and Alfred Kahn, I think, in the New York Comic Con. Yes. Right? And then you 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 are pretty big into philanthropy, and you donated a a Charizard signed by Alfred, and was it also by David and Dan too? To like yes. okay, to shout out to Laurie as well. He so Simon Mister V he donated a, a a was it like a a Funko Pop Charizard? Yes. Okay, signed by Alfred Khan, Dan and David to a charity event organized by Queens Court, which is Laurie. So did you? So you flew in from Germany just for that VV event? I know you have a photo with Dan David. How was that experience? Oh, in general, it was really amazing. I tried to combine the trip a little bit, so I went with my little brother, and 
it was internal my first homing con and stuff like that and my motivation was i was trying to get one of the golden silver logos mm. i intended to simply try if that would pay for the whole trip but i didn't end up selling it so but i got it and yeah it was pretty amazing just the first time meeting all of the vivi fam and of course ben and david and i think october already was a time where the market didn't look that good and everybody was down and so that was a really nice experience to see so many positive people and yeah for me it was like if i i watched david a little bit and he was walking around and talking to artists and was really interested and so in my opinion or that the conclusion i came to is that it's incredible that people even think he could like rock the project or something like that so yeah it was a really nice experience and suddenly uh, we were on the new york rooftop and partying and i think david bought like 200 tequila shots so yeah had a good time <laughs> i have never heard of that how was that how was the how was being on a rooftop with david and taking tequila shot with the bbpm it was really nice i think mr mc1 hosted it he organized it and brought everyone together and then i think dan and david were having the dinner with ron english and so they joined a little later but yeah i think that day was alex's wedding so oh so he wasn't there but david ordered all the shots so we could salute him on video so he was like yeah facetiming with him and we had a good time it was amazing wow interesting so when when you signed up to when you got the tickets for comic con in new york did you did you know what you were getting yourself into did you know what to expect like did you do any research about like what in the in the sense that did you know what you wanted to get accomplished? Did you want to get any tangible physical copies of the comic books? Did you want to meet some of the artists and, and uh, writers of, of these different comics? Did you already, you know, what were you expecting and did it meet your expectations? It did, yeah. I didn't expect that much, but simply because I didn't really inform me what I was getting into. Of course, I watched a video recap, but yeah you don't get an impression from a video and i yeah i tried to pick up some physical stuff but mostly to give it away i ended up picking one strange academy graded comic because the artist was at the marvel stage but i he was gone after i got the comic so i i might have tried getting him to sign it but then of course i had no clue that it would be better to break the case sign it get it regraded so he signed on a case he didn't sign at all i missed him oh okay 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 <laughs> but yeah that was also what i did when i heard that al was coming to the vv booth that's when i decided it might be a nice idea to to grab some funko pops so i got two pikachus and the charizard and then met a guy there named omar and he asked where i got those from and he went off but he didn't find any so i passed him one of the pikachu and yeah i took the signed pikachu and the signed charizard back to germany but then ended up sending those back to the states to lorry for the giveaway yeah wow that's really kind of you yeah it didn't cost me much like 30 dollars 
So, <laughs> oh, that's a very, very thoughtful gesture, though. I, I have heard Lori's the the Queen's Court the on the streams on what's it called on Spaces on Twitter, and she does a great yeah. job with her with her interviews and fair, frames things very well with her questions. But yeah, that's that's very cool, to, and I'm glad to hear that it exceeded your expectations, especially considering that we've been in this you know trend, you know. Things change with Vivi's timelines, especially as the dynamic changes with their team as they onboard new people. What's, what's interesting is that like, as they're bringing on new people to their team, the, the users may be, the impression is that users are becoming less and less active, right? But, you know, the, the optimism from, from guys like you, Will, myself, and, and many, you know, enough, enough people keeps keeps things moving along and you know it's, it's something it's it's uplifting especially when we i, I kind of wish that we had more meetups like that yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the schedule as well to come out because to to try to make some of the events would be really nice to to know know a timeline or know which event but but i really love the the events as well because you know all the people that are coming are positive or so the hardcore fathers, haters wouldn't go <laughs> to a live event. I think so. That's really nice. And just one more thing that really stood out to me from New York was I, I remember talking to David while the scepter dropped mm-hmm. and he asked me if I would get them. And back then already he told me that's going to be a good one because you will need it to get the gauntlet. So it was like, seven or eight months ago and that for me just shows how long they planned stuff ahead and what they have in mind yeah that's just now after the gauntlet got announced i stumbled over that situation again and found it really amazing that yeah they have so much foresight and i think so much more planned that i get why david is so excited and has to hint and tease all the time because probably he knows what's coming and knows so many great things are coming so yeah that was fun yeah that's 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 really cool to get that kind of alpha so far <laughs> so far ahead wow what i wow. what i didn't tell you is back then he said the scepter would be the most scarce one of the stones so that changed of course and i but i ended up selling my 30 or 40 scepters for a good price so no hard feelings but <laughs> it's it's interesting because of the Eye of Agamotto discussion because I thought if he says the scepter would be the scarcest one that means basically you, you could use all three different rarities from the Eye but of course they might have changed it because looking at the market some people paying like 700 gems for the secret rare I think they might get disappointed but let's see how it plays out maybe they came up with something special or new. That it, it was cool for you to talk to David and meet up with the team and have a good time. We, I and Mr. V both live on the East Coast, so we could have made it to New York Comic Con, but we were both busy, so we had definitely have to check check it out next time. You mentioned Omi. You start investing into Omi. What is your thesis on Omi, and why? Do you want to invest now? And what do you think about the future of Omi? I started investing in Omi right after I got into Vivi, but I didn't have any clue about crypto or anything back then. So 
that was a real hustle <laughs> to uh, to deep dive into that. But yeah, I think knowing the team, in my opinion, they wouldn't abandon the Omicoin after all what they said about it. And they know the most loyal supporters, most of them have a decent Omi back. So for me, there is no possible way they won't put a lot of effort into the Omi token. And of course, the latest things they said is they try to integrate it as fast as possible. So I think if you believe in what Vivi is doing, you can also believe that Omi will have a great success, in my opinion. So I started dollar cost averaging a lot recently. Yeah, we'll try to keep on doing that, of course. I mean, yeah. nobody knows how the price is going to move. But yeah, same. I, I also started DCAing a lot but with a higher level of discipline over the past few months. So I I spent like 100 bucks a week just buying Omi. And I'm, I'm, I've been pretty happy buying at this range because I think, and this is not financial advice to those who are listening, I think there's a lot of potential. Like I, we saw, for me, when I saw the Vverse, I was so certain that a lot of people will be investing money to build out their Vverse homes because people will have you know, friends over and they would want to make their homes look good with accessories and all those kind of things. And also I think the success of Vivi will propel Omi too, because you know the more transactions happen into Vivi, we're we not seeing much of it now, but I believe in the future of digital collectibles. So if Vivi succeeds, then Omi will succeed as well. And the last reason is when CEO or founders own shares of their companies. I think Omi's is the same way, right? Because David, yeah. Dan, and Re and the, the founders and the initial investor probably own billions and billions of tokens. So it's always in the best interest to to add utilities to the token. But at the same time, they are facing a lot of regulation, a lot of setbacks, those kind of things. And then the core product will always be VV. So they have to they have to focus their resources on the app first and then integrate Omi into it later. And then not just VV, you know, like recently I've seen articles on how Coinbase, which is like the, the most credible crypto platform in the US and probably globally at this point, because they, they you know, comply with all the US regulation. Coinbase even having trouble with regulations and they, are, you know, they were thinking about moving abroad so I'm not surprised at the amount of regulations that Vivi is facing for Omi. Yeah. And I and I can totally see why they want to be cautious because if there is if Vivi mess up Omi and you know Omi like and Vivi becomes a red flag uh, and and get fined or get you know get get sued by the SEC or any other countries like New Zealand or the US. Um, so SEC is in the US in, in particular. All the licensors that we that they have spent years signing will leave the project. So that's why they have to be so careful. And I think that's why things have been extremely slow because there, there's not so much clarity in the whole crypto yeah. space. And all, I mean, of course, it's a pain in the ass if you watch like meme coins that are created yeah. a week ago, list on Binance or something like that. But yeah, I think... There's so much potential. Just imagine if they if they would go like, you can craft whatever you want, your gauntlets and stuff, but it costs a certain amount of Omi. I mean, just if you look how the prices in the market moved after the video, 
you could be basically pretty sure that anyone would use $50 of OMI just to craft it. So that's just one example how it can kick off really fast. And I think there are many more. If there's any good drops that cost OMI, for example, also you can, once the structure is there and once you can buy OMI in the app, for example, or make it a lot of easier to get it into the app, then the possibilities are limitless, basically. Yeah. So I have a question that I I really want to ask from the very beginning, which was, how do you think the concept of of Magic the Gathering as like a card game would play out in VV? Is there any possibility that they can apply something like that? Because, you know, it's it's like, collecting cards, right? But there's also that gamification, that utility. And especially, I'm not sure if Afrikan has anything to do with Magic the Gathering, but he has something to do with like Yu-Gi-Oh. Do you think VV will will be successful if they were to implement the Magic the Gathering model on the app? I, I talked to, to David about that and they said at the moment, I, I hope I recall it right, but at the moment they aren't looking into trading cards stuff really hard because he said they couldn't really give the same experience to the users, mm. not the same amount of excitement. And personally for me, I'm not sure if 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 it of course it's possible somehow to, to do it, but maybe it's at the moment at least far away from what Weavy's doing or from the core business for me. But of course once the Weaviverse launched, I think there are maybe some more possibilities to to do stuff like that but that's basically in general connecting to other players and not not a certain game or so speaking of connecting to to like other people what do you think is missing from the experience that you would like to have on vivi i'm i'm not sure if i get the question right <laughs> oh okay. well i mean it's it's pretty open-ended but say for example you know we're expecting the vivi verse right but we understand that there's going to be, that's going to be hashtag soon, soon, right? <laughs> like they said. In the, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag soon, soon. <laughs> but how, how do you feel about the interact, the ability to interact with the people, the users on, on the app itself? Because I know that you and I, you know, stumbled across each other on Telegram, I believe, with our first exchange. And, and that's really based, that's been my experience too. And I've expressed this many times, but I, I just felt like there was a lot more to be done with the communications on the app. So there are people who have their accounts not blocked. What's it called? Like where if you try and tag them that you, they can't, cannot be tagged. If you try and message them. You know, not everyone's able to respond to you because they choose not to, you know, the simple things like that when you want to be able to acquire certain pieces or just communicate with somebody else for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, that, that, that's a big point that's missing at the moment. I think it's probably at the moment not the main priority because they still have so many promises to deliver, but I hope that will be possible. I'm also, I mean, there are some, I think there are some tools right now where you can look up a certain collectible, or at least there are people that can look up a certain collectible and tell you who has it. And basically that's what the 
the blockchain is all about, I think, about the transparency and you just use that. And since you can look it up somewhere, it would be nice if it would be public or publicly available, for example. Yeah, if I can look for a certain collectible or look at a certain account and can see what items the account is holding. Because of course I can do it via blockchain, but it would be easier if that's integrated and, and you can just browse around. And of course, something like, yeah, messaging or so also would be nice. Yeah. So also speaking of like contacting people with the usernames, I never did ask you this, but what is the story behind your username? Yes. How do you say I have it? that question too. And the, the username and your profile photo on the app. I want to know that too. It's, I think the story goes back like 15 years or so when I started Even better. playing some computer games. And back then I played <laughs> Warcraft 3. I don't know the first, I don't know if you know Dota, the game. That's what I played back then. And Ente in Germany is stuck. And VC Ente, and that's my profile picture. That's a toilet cleaning brand. That's why I um, thought. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was just a little word game because that was my Nick playing Warcraft 3. So, so yeah, it was some kind of a word game and I liked it and stayed to that, stick to that ever since. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, so WC3 is Warcraft 3? Yes. And then, what, what, and then you said Ente? Ente? What's that? Ente. Ente is stuck with the animal. Oh, man, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's cool because when I when I talk about you with Mr. V like hey, we have this this European whale who is 6 hours ahead of us, I always mention whale instead of your name because I I I keep messing up like is it is it W3 or is it WC3? But but finally you uh, you explain it so so that's good. It's always funny when you when you talk about me being a whale because I think um, there are a ton of people that have a more valuable collection than me because most of most of my items or the comments at least at the comics are common so I rarely have any duplicates. Okay, I have eighty NFTs in total. All right, so to me you are a whale. <laughs> I don't even know what I am in this ocean. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if you talk about collection size, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Size does matter. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you plan to add more? What is your future plan with Vivi? I'm trying to to add more of course, but yeah, I said like I sold my student apartment back then and sold my magic cards and stuff like that. Unfortunately, now with having kids and not not having any valuable real life collectibles anymore, I have to stick with my regular income, which sucks a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do some smart flipping, but of course that doesn't always work. And I decided to mostly stick to buying Omi with the funds I have at the moment. It doesn't mean I wouldn't like to buy more, but yeah, I have to look how it goes. So maybe, and that, that's one thing I like about the Master Collector program that I'm hoping mm. to, to get the stuff I want for retail price in some occasions at least. So, but yeah, here and there, I'm trying to add to my comic stacks. And of course, sometimes the flipping also works. So 
were you leading up into to today were you monitoring or you know you know how there's some people on twitter who post the 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 collection sizes of like the top what is it 100 or 500 wallets top 500 wallets yeah top 500 wallets did you monitor that very much ever, ever since it started being posted online I uh, yeah I see it every week and of course at the moment it's nice to look at it <laughs> but, uh, but yeah I also know that there are people that are way more liquid and if something like leaderboards or whatever get implemented I think we might see a lot of movement up there and then of course for me of course I could consider like buying 300 cheap comics but if that means not having enough gems for maybe the next big drop that's coming, I wouldn't go for it. So, yeah, I, I don't know at the moment if, I, if I'm trying to stay up there as hard as possible. Because, again, I know it wouldn't be a smart business decision. But Interesting. So now, now that you've seen, you've been monitoring those, those top 500 wallets, especially the top 50, top 30, top 20 wallets with you being there are you familiar with the other big collectors on the app and do you speak with them do you talk strategy what's your, your experience been with those other big names from Vivi? i met some of them of course in new york and in los angeles and it was always really nice and pleasant talking but i'm sticking away of any type of holders group except the gold and silver logo because yeah i i don't think that pumping and dumping could work really good it works for some people of course maybe but i have no interest in that really so but yeah it's always nice nice talking of course and also it's really good experience that all of them are so approachable we have to uh, we have to bring you into our our coracle secret group it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Most, most I, I, yeah, also don't have too much spare time. So yeah, I've been to some Mint Hunter groups and stuff like that. But the thing with most Vivi groups is basically that if something happens, every group is talking about the same stuff, even if it's not related to, to the topic of the group. And that's mostly the point when I decide to leave those groups because I can't keep up and also can't filter if there's anything really important or worth noting. So that's when it gets tough for me to uh, to stick with it because I'm, I'm not joining groups just to uh, scroll through 300 comments mm-hmm. after two hours. So that's sometimes the problem, but I'm always giving it a try. So Yeah. I mean, like having a, a, a community... Or like a good group, obviously like not pay group or anything, right? Like, but but a good group to support you and to ask questions. Personally, for me, like when I started and until today, I have so many, I have so little, so few NFTs. So I'm I'm in no position to join like the whale group or the special main collectors group. But I joined this one particular group with Mr. V in it. So that's that's why I met him, and I've learned, I've met most of my past interview guests there. So it's like a it's like a very supportive group, and it it got me to think like, well, if 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 I'm in a healthy quote unquote like healthy, you know, fair, good environment, then I then I'm able to learn a lot. Yeah, I will definitely 
invite you to to that group we can talk after but like when i when i saw that spreadsheet of the top five 500 whales i took a screenshot i posted into our group the group that i miss in and i was like hey do you know anybody um from this list and then ben ben cf from from france he was like i got you and then he connected <laughs> us so uh, so that's really cool yeah so i think you should also ask mr rolex i i think he might be up for it he's 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 also in it too oh, okay yeah yeah so so now that you've so it sounds like you've spoken with a bunch of people in the community do you have any have, have do you take the time to look at collections like in the profiles or anything like that or or do you like to kind of keep to yourself and just kind of go about your business and then take care of real life real world obligations Mostly if I buy or sell something, then I tend to look at who bought it or who who I'm buying from. But yeah, sometimes, of course, you stumble over a profile you haven't noticed before and think like, oh my God, that guy is really crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, personally, I, I'm not like displaying any special collectibles or so. So yeah. How and was, I have a question for you real quick. I think Dr. Prophet is also German and, and you met up with him in New York, right? Yes. How was, how was talking to Dr. Prophet in, in real life? What it was nice. I, yeah. He, he joined the rooftop party as well later, but I felt it wasn't the right environment to, to go up straight to him and say, Hey, let's talk. So, <laughs> and he seemed busy the whole evening. So the next, Day, I think I I wrote him that it was yeah nice seeing him around and I kind of regret not saying hello and then he invited me to join him in the hotel lobby and then we met there and talked like for an hour or so so yeah it was also the same thing I like about all the other guys just really approachable and really nice and just having a face just to know the the persons behind the profile. Yes, and it was just casual chatting, basically, and nothing strategy-wise, but yeah, it was really nice talk. That's cool. So, Simon, if you were to get started on Vivi again, and you only have 2,000 gems, what would you buy? Okay, 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 hold on one second. If you were to get started with Vivi and Omi again, and you only have, let's just say, 2,000 euros, how would you allocate that money? What would you buy? How many? It can be, you know, Omi or N or comics and collectibles as well. How would you allocate that 2,000 euros? I think 500 euros might go into Omi for a starter. And then, yeah, 2,000 is tough because you can't really get any big items. So probably I would stick to comics, I think, mostly. Maybe get a Todd Batman or so, but then get some of the nice, valuable common comics that would be the approach because yeah i i can't really judge how how the comics are gonna evolve but and what i really like about the comics is that all of those have a real life value and you can it's already pretty transparent which ones are thought after and yeah so i think you have a safe floor for some of the big ones mostly so couldn't go wrong there and also it's nice to have some smaller items to take quick profits or to sell instantly, basically, if you need liquidity. So yeah, get Amazing Fantasy, get Fantastic Four, Iron Man first appearance, stuff like that. And then maybe 
maybe try to keep 500 gems and start flipping might go good or bad yeah yeah that, that's cool i I'm, I'm also on the the same boat it sounds like you like top batman yeah i think in my opinion i mean there's been a lot of discussion if if he's the first batman on the blockchain and with all the switching through the blockchains and whatever but i think in a few years it won't matter to most of the users if he's the first batman on the blockchain but he's the first vv collectible so mm, yeah for me that's the bigger point down the line so yeah i mean he also looks nice Todd mcfarlane of course amazing artist so yeah so so you you've been with vv for maybe like over a little bit over two years now you are one of the biggest whales on the app what are three things you would want a team to improve or just three things you think they can do better in order to to improve vv as a as a whole i think what really would help is more transparency or maybe which place or goes hand in hand is everybody on the team should know who's responsible for what so for example the the issue with the 19 23 posters that were sent to the Disney wallet. I mean, someone's responsible for that. You could say it's, it's not by accident. So basically, no one should talk about it until the person who knows it steps in. Or you should at least by now have the sensitivity to know that everything that's happening from the VV wallet is monitored really closely. So just keep that in mind when announcing held back collectibles and stuff like that just to avoid all the side no noise that's not helping anyone that's one thing i feel like uh, most of the big points are already talked about so often like for example keeping deadlines and stuff like that for me that's not the big issue one thing i i really that's the big thing i don't understand up to, until now that there's still so much talent in the community and why not hire those guys? For example, Eburn, for example, he does all the stats. And also Pyromaniac, who's always running his bot script, which he said is open source. But somehow, I don't know, it's not getting used. And he has to flag all those addresses himself. And he has no incentive to do so, basically. That's one thing I would change. But anything else, I think I, I couldn't really say do this or do that because I don't know what's going on in the background. And I think there is a lot going on. So yeah, I, personally, I'm just trusting them on, on the most part to give the best effort. So yeah, there's not that much I can say from my perspective that I would say is going wrong. One thing that could be a nice opportunity or it's starting to evolve is um, all the token gating stuff. For example, instead of asking on Twitter, what do you like develop next? You could, for example, say, or you could do it like everyone with a certain amount of OMI, for example, has a vote or depending on how much OMI you hold, you can vote because basically only those people should have a voice when it comes to developing certain features. But also that's one thing they mentioned today on the AMA that, for example, the master collector program also comes in place that with certain ranks you get yeah certain roles so that's basically what that point is about very cool 
But um, Mr. Reed, just a quick question for you, because I was interested in your take on if they, how they handled the situation with the posters. So my concern is that they state that it's for it, it, it's all about collectors at heart, right? And I, I consider myself to be a collector of sorts, and I make it a priority to match mints. If they were to release any kind of collectible, I would expect to be able to see at least a, a handful of special mints that could be matched across the board with the sets. If they were to exclude certain collectibles and withhold those special mints from, from from the public to be able to complete the set, it looks. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on what their intention was with it because I could talk about that all day, <laughs> right? But my concern is that they're depriving the, the the real collectors. I'm talking really devoted collectors from being able to do what they set out to do. And that's matchments, complete sets, and be able to showcase the 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 collectibles as they in the best form, in the best manner possible, right? Yeah. Just if we have so like, so like for example, I I've had the matching DeLorean set all repeating once. You know that was a huge accomplishment for me. And when I shared it on Twitter, a lot of people were just like you know impressed with it. You know, but like more more than that, it's just I, I'm able to take pride in the work and effort and energy that I put into it because I want to share it. You know, that yeah. you want to share like that's why we have cases for collectibles. That's why we have you know graded comics so that we can you know share them with others. You know, and as they appreciate and value, which is is it's it's part of that collecting process, right? Like some things increase in value, some things don't. But at the end of the day, it's something to share. So. I I found it to be an area where they they have room to grow, and I hope that they are very mindful of those special mints, which I know as a fact that they are aware of that because the edition sizes all have something to do with the IP yeah. for the most part, right? Like so, for Disney, it's like the thirty threes or the thirteens, nineteen twenty threes, like for the potions. Even the potions, I believe the last mint is 1923. And you cannot tell me that coincidentally that all four of the the, the posters were withdrawn from the from being able to be burnt, minted or crafted or, or whatever it's called, you know. So I don't I don't quite buy that. And so this like it, it would just be my my call to them is to do better. Somebody like you said, somebody should be responsible for that. I'm not saying fire anybody because I, I'm not about ruining people's lives or messing with them. You know, I want the, I, I would not be collecting special mints if I didn't have that kind of conviction in what the company is doing. And I'm voting with my dollars. I voted with my dollars. I vote with my time. <laughs> the number one app I use on my phone is Viva. I think I'm on it like maybe 11 hours a day. Uh, even when I'm not buying, I'm still scouting for mints, uh, you know? And and that's yeah. and you know I feel like that's what what you and and like all these other people who are still active are, are doing you know we're voting with our time we're voting with our dollars we're voting with our level of engagement good or bad and you know we if we did not care we would not be speaking out you know yeah. and so it just 
Yeah. That's that's what I meant with transparency and someone being responsible. And then, yeah, like, for example, Alex saying it was random. Maybe he just wanted to give a quick response, but obviously he, he didn't know what was going on. And also the awareness that, like I said, I think everyone by now should know that everything, every transaction that happens from the VV wallet is monitored pretty much. So just be aware that whatever you do, anyone will will bring it to light so by accident or intended you should be prepared to to answer it or even to announce it for example i wouldn't have any problem if they they say the last mint is reserved for disney i wouldn't care about that that would be a huge bullish point for me because it would show that the licensors care about the the mints as well and once the nice mints i don't know who's who's choosing edition sizes and prizes i think it's mostly up to david but i don't know so yeah but that's also one thing i don't understand about the posters why why do 1923 of everyone and basically make it so hard to get any matching sets what they could have done is just you decide to burn your potion and then you i don't know get a new potion or new item And then after the burning period, when everyone has decided um, to burn or not, that's the point when the mints are revealed and they are like going from 41 to, I don't know, 250, 260, like that. That For me, that would have been the way to go because everyone would be loving to find matching sets, of course, and it wouldn't be that hard. So everyone would benefit. But then, of course, it's the first time they tried it. so. Like you said, yeah, room to grow, but yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... I, I love the idea of, like, Vivi being able to just disclose, like, after they burn whatever to share, okay, what is available, who, like, what's off the market, what's what's available. And, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing, like, like you said, if the licensors have those special mints and then they can decide what they want to do with them later on, I think they're, it's within their... They're within their right. You know, and I, 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 not to go on a tangent here, but I do think that with this recent event unfolding the way that it did, I think this is going to increase the value. And, you know, there, there's no way of me talking about this topic without like pumping my own bags. And that's not my intention, but, you know, but with, with special mints, I don't see how they do not become more and more scarce as these newer and newer drops get released and the burning mechanism becomes more and more common, you know? So it's, it's just the direction that I see the BV going in. I, I just wanted to give you my long winded answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. But the special mints in the long run will turn out amazing. I think because a lot of collectors really collect those to keep them and not to flip them. So it will be really hard to to get some of those. So I think you're doing pretty amazing in the future, whether <laughs> you try to sell or or hold it. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, question for you. Speaking of the future, do you have an exit strategy in mind? Do you have like a timeline? Do you have a price? And I I don't want to ask you like what your price point is if there wasn't if it is part of your exit strategy out of respect but you have multiple do you have something that you're aiming for 
to be able to do if you do exit completely, partially? I don't have a certain point in mind. I think I would just decide. It's not like, for me, VV in general, is it's, let's say it started as an investment mostly, and I think it will stay that way for the most time. But of course, for me, exit would mean lowering everything and getting out as soon as possible. But just, yeah, that's always the, the thing with an investment is, and that's what I'm asking myself a lot of times each week. What would I do with X amount of money? And at the moment, my answer is, I think I would buy more OMI or more collectibles. So until that changes, I don't see, see any reason to, to sell anything except for regaining liquidity, basically. Of course, for me, the thing is, like, I know I, I won't have any existing no, I don't know how to put it. Unless anything goes really wrong, I'm not going to have major financial problems in my life, I think, I hope. So to get to a point where I decide to exit, it would be a, a really mean life-changing money. For example, I know I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my life. And that would, yeah, that would be a point where I would really consider selling and just having more time with the family, for example. Uh, don't have to be crazy rich, but just sure that you don't jump the ship early, I think. But yeah, I at the moment, I simply don't see any better opportunity for me. And also, even if there is one, I don't have enough time to stay informed with Vivi and also do a deep dive into another topic. So for the next three years, I think I... I'm pretty pretty much staying with it, of course, and then just look at the situation and what I could do with X amount of money or if I need something. But yeah, no certain price point in mind. That's cool. That's that's good to hear. I've I've had somebody offer me enough to get a mul X multiple from what I entered the market with, and I was the same way. I didn't want to sell then today i don't want to sell and you know it would really have to be life-changing money and like you said yeah. it, it would have to it would be it would have to afford me the time to be with family and yeah be comfortable and you know think simple simple things that we might overlook or, or cannot afford to, to yeah. experience today right because especially today with the macro stuff you know can't avoid work you know, we have to provide and support ourselves and maybe others. So I agree with you. I agree with you with that. What about you, Will? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool that you guys talk about like, you know, having kids and more time for your family and stuff like that. Do you have that in common? Which is cool. Uh, I, I, I don't have kids yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not married yet. But I do agree with you, Simon, on like VV being like that. For me, it's like that one opportunity of a lifetime. Because I believe that, you know, you have the physical stuff and then what else? Like we spend our time, like we can either meet up at a coffee shop or we can meet up online digitally. So the physical stuff like the comic books or like the digital statues or the magic trading cards are already there. Not many people know about the digital collectible. So I think this is going to be a very interesting space that is like the, the second internet wave yeah. and if i don't get in and i don't have a lot of capital right so for me 
this channel and this collaboration with Mr. V is like my opportunity to 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 participate in it and build a, a, a brand name, reputation, and build the network so that when VV becomes what I hope it becomes, then I can you know get the get the benefits and and get the reward because yeah again for me I I don't know how to explain it but this is the opportunity that I don't feel like I will get. A second opportunity like this in in our lifetime, yeah. So speaking of that, what do you think? How do you envision VV in the near future? Maybe let's just do maybe in the next three years, and then in five years. Yeah, I think we will see. I hope we see a lot of a lot broader audience and also a lot of digital products. Personally, I think a huge. Digital opportunity would be uh, fidgetals with Lego, for example, and that might be coming. I hope so, um, because like there is a lot of stuff that's on Vivi that also exists in Lego, and that would pretty much be the best way to mass market. I think because, for example, just if you buy buy it in real life and you get a code to scan, and you can get it, of course, like only a small percentage will. Will do that, but still, it's so popular that a lot of people could come in. Yeah, I'm. I think in three years the Vverse will be fully functional. Personally, for me, I don't think I'll spend that much time in it, simply because I don't have that much time, and I I will try to stick to the real life as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, the biggest incentive about the Vverse is when the big IPs start. Building their own cities or exclusive areas, for example, that I think what will happen is that there will be a certain areas exclusive only if you have a certain master collector rank or a certain collectible or whatever. There are a lot of possibilities, and yeah, I think for example, if you're able to watch Disney movie. Premiere in the Viverse, for example, that's something that could be really great, but At the moment, I can't can't really imagine all the possibilities or what's most likely to happen. But yeah, that's I think of course the metaverse is inevitable for me. In which which sort I don't know, but yeah, I think we are getting a lot more digital. And also, what most people are forgetting that all the people that are hating on NFTs at the moment are probably not a lot. Younger than us, but rather older, and the the people growing up now, they will be so much more open to anything that's happening at the moment. So yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. But I think in general, we the big topic of the public resistance and hate will vanish in the next three to five years, I think, and that will be a big game changer for acceptance and. Also, amount of users for me. So yeah, and I I do agree with you. I think adoption will come, and I I think it was very nice for the team to mention to us during the community update today about how they are getting that adoption. For example, like one way is to marketing, and they were pretty honest to say that oh we have you know tens of thousand people downloading every month or every quarter. So that's like lots of people. Downloading the app, creating the account, but the KYC rate is pretty low. 
So like if you have this product, right? And then you have this KYC as a gate, if you put it way, way too early in the onboarding process, then people will have to be like, what? I have to put in my information to buy a yeah. collectible or something like that. So I, th I thought it was cool that first they were mindful and thoughtful enough and make that data-driven decision to decide to move that KYC step later into the process so that people can at least participate in drops. They can look at the showrooms, they can decorate the showrooms, they can look at other people's profile. And then maybe when they, they haven't announced it yet, but I would assume like if people want to sell, then they will have to KYC. So I think that will certainly help with that implementation to, to get more people to actually use the app, right? And then I think, I think there's a lot of possibility in the future too. Like a lot of the time we are still very early in that adoption curve. So there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of doubt about NFTs, but I thought Vivi was, was very thoughtful when they call it digital collectibles. Because like if, if you were to tell your friends like, or your parents, hey, I'm buying this NFT, they would be like, what is an NFT, right? But then if you were to say, oh, these are the collectibles, then people will be like, oh, okay. So like this, but on your phone or whatever. And then I know it would take time, but when the mass market adopt digital collectibles, we'll be in a very good position, especially like yes. there's rumor of Amazon coming out with their digital collectibles marketplace in late April. And then they had a delay. So they're pushing it back a little bit into, I think like mid of May or something. If we have a brand like Amazon, which is the biggest or the fifth biggest companies globally and the biggest player to ever enter the digital market, sorry, the digital collectibles slash NFT space, that will bring a lot more credibility to our space and people trust Amazon. You know, like we put a credit card, we, you know, we click, you know, one click order and the thing gets to us in two days. I think that will get a lot more people adopted. And I admittedly talked about this in one of our episodes, like Amazon has 310 million users globally, if only 0.1%. So I'm not even talking about 10%, no 10%, no 1%. If 0.1% of that customer base adopt digital collectibles, that's 310,000 people, right? Buying these things, getting familiar with it. I bet you half of them must be a fan of something. So let's yeah. just say like half of them or even 10% of that, which is 31,000 people venture out and ask themselves, hey, I like Superman. I like Darth Vader. I like Mickey Mouse. I'm going to go find those collectibles. Then they will come to Vivi and that's going to be very exciting. So it, I, I do agree with you that this just need like a lot of things to happen in order for us to to like enjoy our investment and, and to see that, okay, we made the investment two or three years ago. Now we are seeing the, the result. Yeah, but also one problem that comes to mind for me is with pushing KYC back the line. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about most of the drops are going to be waitlist to incentivize master collectors and Omi utility. And then you have, I don't know, a grail drop, let's say Miles Morales, for example, some, some kind of drop like that. And you have no KYC to do the mm. drop. Yeah. And you can participate via web app. Then it's for someone more skilled than me regarding tech. It's pretty easy to like just script create, I don't know, 10,000 accounts 
and yeah. hit the wait list and then just KYC the ones that hit the drop. So that's that's one point I think they they have to consider because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I that's a really good point. I hope maybe they can decide oh some drops you don't need KYC. Some drops you need KYC, for example, right? Like like the drops that they consider grails or drops are, are in high demand. That is a really good opportunity to incentivize people to K to KYC their accounts too. Yeah, and what and also what I would like Vivi to do is they they said they can do whatever they like with their own IP. So why not? I don't know, create like ten standard collectibles or whatever, and every user that joins gets one or two blind boxes and that just gets some characters to play around to try to try the app to take the pictures to get the excitement yeah. of opening a blind box maybe that would be pretty nice like they don't have to be transferable on the market just just to get used to the app try it out that that would be awesome i think and pretty easy to implement i think i don't know and what i also would love to see in the future is Open edition crops, for example, there would be some great opportunities to do that. That's I, I read that on Twitter somewhere. I'm um, just say uh, stormtroopers from Star Wars, and you can mint as many as you like, and one of them costs like five gems. I think that that would make a huge amount of money, and also yeah, would be a, a really cool cool thing to do. And I think there are many more possibilities where. An open drop which which exactly meets the demand would be awesome. Like we saw it on DC where they had the bad cows that were pretty much open to mint and also the recent comic where you could decide to mint it and also it's sure everyone who wants one gets one or 10 or 20 or 100. That would be some cool stuff for showrooms, for example. Yeah, yeah I, I love that idea on open editions for the Stormtroopers because... If you imagine Stormtrooper, you don't imagine seeing one or two guys, right? Like if you have a Vivo's home, you want hundreds. And I think that is going to be like a perfect drop for the Vivo's because when people visit your homes and one of our good friends is Grubber B, I think he's like top 30 whales on the app as well. Oh, yeah. uh, and we've interviewed him twice. He has over 100 T-Rexes. That's his thing for his Vivo's homes. <laughs> so when people comes over, they'll be greeted by over 100 dinosaurs and screaming <laughs> stuff. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, I can definitely see something open with like open editions, which is going to be very, very cool. Or also maybe do the classic open sea, thousand unique units from whatever, BZ punks, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would yeah. also be, a, be fun to see how, how the community would, would, would go for that or not, or if they like it. Yeah. Yeah, you also a lot brought of up a good point. Yeah, you also brought up a good point of like giving new users non-transferable NFTs just to get them started. You know, just to get them to take the AR photos. Because I remember back in 2021, there were like VV grew a lot because of the organic content coming from yeah. people taking photos with their AR collectibles or of their of their collectibles and their kits and sharing it around. And the new folks come in and they say, oh, you know what? What is that Spider-Man thing? What is that Batman thing? Right? Yeah, I think that is, that's, that's a fantastic idea that you have there. 
Yeah, that's the, the thing that made VV so big so fast is just people telling other people um, whether it is to make money or to check out the fun stuff you could do. And that would be awesome if VV would try to bring that back because I think that that's the most effective marketing you can get. Basically, everybody telling telling friends and family about it. Yeah, at the moment, of course, why would I? Because it's so so hard to hit a drop and instantly sell it for profit. So yeah, but I think those times will come back. And I also think that Vivi has more planned regarding marketing because yeah, I don't know, like paying random Twitter account to post a drop didn't work that well. <laughs> also, I want to mention this. I think their previous marketing plan wasn't that great because I've seen their sponsor posts on Instagram and Facebook. And for example, the one I saw on Facebook, they were advertising this alien looking transparent red collectible. I have never, so it, it is one of the recent drops on the app. And this is like a, do you know that alien looking transparent thing that you can kind of see through? The Ant-Man, whatever thing. Yeah, like the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, you shouldn't like market things nobody knows about. Exactly, right? I don't even know about it until they drop it, right? But then how are you going to attract new users if you were to, sure, you have that brand name, Marvel or Disney or DC, whatever, but then this weird character that nobody knows about, how will people join it? You know, I, I, if anything, it's going to be diminishing return where people think, what? What is this thing? Like, why should I sign up for it? Why don't, like, why did you do that? And why did you not, you know, bring up Spider-Man or even like some, I know like David was mindful of people coming in and not being able to buy drops or something like that. But, you know, just, just bring up the DeLorean, the, the, the DeLorean version two, the flying vehicle hasn't sold out yet. Like some, some recognizable drops um, to advertise will be helpful compared to the random stuff like, like the Hulk would do too, compared to random stuff they were you know, marketing on social, which I definitely think didn't work at all. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like I said, they are so chill about, or they all seem so chill at the moment because I think they, they know that they will do well at the beginning of the year. Alex was talking about marketing and saying they will kick the marketing soon. And he said, like, don't expect any Super Bowl commercial or something like that. But, for example, if you think one or two years ahead, that would be the best case scenario for me because I think they have the NFLPA license or some sports licenses already. And for example, I'm watching the Super Bowl last year. There also was a lot of NFT advertising. And if you take some NFL players or the player's license, whatever, and then take half a million and say, we're going to market the shit out of this now and do just a 30-second Super Bowl commercial that should instantly bring up 100,000 of new users. So I think once the app is fully ready and runs smoothly and also the Viviverse is set up, I think those are pretty good opportunities. They are staying away from this now because, yeah, for several good reasons, but down the line i think this is really possible yeah simon thank you for staying up until 2 a.m <laughs> in the morning and joining us 
Personally, I thought it was super refreshing to have lots of new and really good ideas coming from you. Um, for example, like giving people non-transferable NFTs and open edition and those kind of things, because I think those are the ideas that are super relevant, are very timely that the team can think about and explore. And I would definitely do a lot of promo posts for our interview and my other interviews too, because I feel like if we can get our point to more people, then it will be very likely to get to the team and You know, you brought up a really good point. I really appreciate your insight and stories and experience on Vivi and how you started, how you made friends. Very glad that you had a great time at. It sounds like you went to both New York and LA to meet up yes. with the team and of and the Vivi community. And that really inspired me, at least. I know Mr. V as well to come join the Alpha event next time. So really appreciate it, and we hope to bring you on again in the near future. Sure, anytime. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. All And right. thanks for doing the content in times like this. I think that what will really stick out in the coming years, especially seeing so many people not only turning their backs, but also or a lot of content creators just vanish or going silent. And yeah, that's a sad thing to see because basically. That's what the community needs most at the moment. I think just to educate and to onboard new people. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, man. And we we hope you have a, a good night and a good weekend ahead. Yes, you too. And hit me up with the group. Okay. If you, I will. Like. Yeah. Okay. I will. All right. All right. Thanks so much. All right. See you guys. That is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the episode today. And if you have, remember that gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. just for you. But in return, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on the actionable and valuable insights, everything VV and Omi related. Don't forget to give us a rating and tweet at us to let us know what you think about the podcast so that we can refine the content better just for you. Thank you so much. We hope to see you again next time. Peace.